Welcome, folks, to Roughly a Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Brandon Boyd, joined by my co-host, Phil Smeraldo. Phil, are you ready for me to try out some new technology with you today? I'm super ready. I don't know what it is, though. Okay, so in the past, previous to this new era of Roughly a Podcast, I had placed the uh, Roughly's before I started talking. I'm going to try and do them live. Oh. Oh, so I can actually listen to them? So you can listen to them. So here is here is Jerry DePoto from ESPN 710. I, I, they don't even call it. Whatever that is. 710 in Seattle yeah. last Thursday on the Brock and Sox show. We're not a team that's going to hit 270. You know, we've, we've hit an aggregate roughly 228 uh, over the last three years. And we're not a team that's going to light you up. with. What do you think? He's certainly right. They're not a team who's going to light you up. <laughs> nope. <laughs> that, nope. that was a very good place to cut it off. <laughs> yeah, we are a team that's going to sputter around and try and fire off two run home runs. That's So Jerry, Jerry knows his team very well. Jerry is like, okay, so actually, you know, I was just telling you this before the podcast started. Anya and I watched the Theranos documentary last night, right? So we were we then got into this greater discussion. Are you um, are you gonna try and compare Jerry DePoto to Elizabeth Holmes as a visionary fraud? Essentially. So we got into this larger discussion of like I I made the comment like, you know, I, I, I feel I'm I'm not trying to say like, oh I'm so smart, but like just fucking looking at this girl at Elizabeth Holmes and how she would talk, if I was like a a, a person who was like privy to like stocks and stuff i'd be like yeah i'm betting against this company this girl's a fraud like just listening to her talk you could already tell so it got into this greater discussion of like okay who is a fraud and who is not and so we were playing this game and one of the names that came up is jerry depoto he's a fraud i think like i think he does a decent job but like he speaks like a snake oil salesman if i was investing in the mariners like so to speak i'd be like i don't trust this guy well I trust that he can do pitching. I don't know if I yeah, trust yeah. That, that he can do the other stuff. No, I'm, um, I'm, I'm talking purely about the way that they talk and present themselves to the media. And it's the frequency of his availability. Like there's, yes. there's something to be said of just like, if you were that good, you would just not have to talk. But I think he just likes doing it. And that's, oh, that's totally. We're, totally. we're stuck with it. And I don't mind, I don't mind him talking at all. I'm just saying like the way he talks, it, I'm just talking about the cadence and the verbiage and all of that. He sounds like a fraud. Just like Elizabeth Holmes sounded like a fraud. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of extracting blood, I used this right before the podcast, but it's been a bad week for birds. Did you hear about all the bird related yeah, deaths in baseball? Another another Diamondbacks pitcher. I can't was it Zach Gallen? Yes. So yeah. this week in baseball, uh, Zach Gallen, who is the a Diamondbacks pitcher who is pitching his ass off right now. Struck a bird while warming up in the outfield, uh, hitting and killing a bird mid-flight with a, a curveball, I believe, that he was throwing in a, in a just an outfield throwing session. Then yesterday, Will Brennan, a outfielder for the Guardians, hit a grounder that accidentally killed a bird on the infield grass while the game was going on. I actually didn't see that. We've had we've had two. It's because big media doesn't want you to know about <laughs> the the exodus of birds from our from our our baseball fields. Um, so we've had two bird-related deaths in a week. After seemingly 20 years of bird peace in, with, in baseball since Randy's obliteration. Yeah, I mean, do the birds ever strike back? Like, has there been, I guess there was that game. Do you remember the game in Cleveland? Yeah, the uh, the, the Mariano, game, right? 
Yeah, so those weren't technically birds, but they're they're flying things. Those were so. technically birds. <laughs> you are you are absolutely correct that bugs are not technically birds. Okay, but they are flying <laughs> entities. So that that was a time that the birds struck back. I guess, yeah. The, the, the birds. Who's to say that the birds didn't have some some? Because um, you're right. I mean, they wouldn't put their own forces at risk. There, they're going to yeah, enlist yeah. hired help. In the that's the equivalent of us doing drone strikes not to get political but those are the those are the birds versions of drones wow we have um breached new ground here and <laughs> yeah so so neither of these i gotta say if you're gonna kill a bird randy's the gold standard you have to obliterate yeah. the damn thing yes. and <clears throat> neither of these were that dramatic i gotta be honest so these ones are sadder because it's like it didn't completely obliterate the birds you know the birds just the birds like just died right with randy's it wasn't as sad it was almost comical because the bird literally just evaporated there was no carcass <laughs> yeah. left. vaporized a bird <laughs> Um, and yeah, exactly. I think until you can do that, I, d I don't care. Like, keep trying to kill all the birds you can, baseball players, but you will not, you will not top Randy Johnson for his feat back in 2001 yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that was, that was a, and the bird had a death wish too. It flew right in front of the plate. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how many times it had done that before. Yeah, yeah before that actually happened. Um, yeah, so th this is, I say this all the time, but like, if, Timing is everything with, with this podcast. If you and I podcasted right after the Atlanta series, different tenor. But if we podcast after we beat the A's every single time, this would be the most joyous podcast that you could possibly listen to. No, I'm actually still going to bring a pretty downbeat tenor to this because I don't consider playing the A's. Like, it's not baseball. It's not. You cannot say, oh, Julio had three hits last night. He's heating up because it's just not true. Like, he's fa they're facing Horrible, horrible pitching. So the A's, um, I have an A's factoid here. The A's might be the worst baseball team of all time. They have a 204 win winning percentage, which would be the worst since the 1889 Louisville Colonels. And the Louisville Colonels started that season managed by a guy named Dude Easterbrook, who <laughs> Dude. after 10 games of sucking was then replaced by the team's right fielder, whose name was, I shit you not, Phil, William Van Winkle Wolf. That is his full name, William Van Winkle Wolf. Do you want to guess what William Van Winkle Wolf's nickname was? Rip Van Winkle. Speaking of birds, nope, his nickname was Chicken. So his, his name was Chicken Wolf. Chicken <laughs> You know, that's, that's the old school baseball that I really enjoy. Like, there were some just crazy names back in the day. Uh, the manager's name was Dude, and he got replaced by a guy named Chicken. <laughs> and all of their all of their nicknames were like weirdly suggestive and like sexual. Like there were people named like Big Big Cock Johnson. Yeah, like stuff like that. You know, <laughs> it was they all had weird like nicknames like that. Yeah, it's uh, it was pretty damn funny to to look that up. So yes, the the A's are terrible, and the Mariners have certainly enjoyed playing them, but. I, we said this last time, like, you gotta sweep the A's. If you don't sweep the A's, you fucked up. Yep. So, it's, it's like we said, it's a lot of pressure facing them, because, like, is it Marco who goes tonight? I don't feel good about this game tonight. Well, last last night the Mariners were uh, minus 320 favorites to win the game, which it was one of the higher baseball spreads I've ever seen. Tonight they are minus 220, which is still in an insanely high baseball spread. Um, yeah. 
and he's going up against a guy named Luis Medina, who has an ERA of 688. I'm pretty sure Luis Medina used to pitch for the Mariners, or was that a different guy? Oh, that was Yorvis Medina. Never mind. Yeah, funky cold Medina. Yeah, this is this maybe his nephew or something. Yeah. Um, handsome guy, Luis Medina. But anyways, that's where we are in the timeline. The Mariners are about to play Game 2 of the series against the A's, so you'll probably hear this after Game 2 has ended. Um, so sorry if we sound like idiots, but... Some news and notes. We have Dylan Moore news. He is uh, moving from Everett to Tacoma for his rehab stint. Do you think, um, I don't know, how do you feel about him skipping Arkansas? It just feels like we're, we're just handing out, you know, uh, uh, free passes these days. Could you imagine if one of the like preconditions of a rehab assignment was that you had to hit every single minor league affiliate for at least one game? And Starting like, in, like, in Modesto. Yeah, you'd have to go. And like, remember when the Mariners had a team in West Virginia, the West Virginia Power, before the contraction of the minor leagues, you had to go all the way to Virginia. It'd be a hilarious rule. Yeah, Everett ever to Tacoma will do just fine. So he's hopeful to rejoin re- the team by the I end of the homestand. I wonder if when he's making that trip from Everett to Tacoma, if, while he's passing through Seattle, he's like, why can't I just stop right here? <laughs> I don't that need is to true. go to Tacoma. Yeah, it's the, it's the, the hour north and hour south of, of yeah. Seattle, which is a bummer um cal raleigh felt discomfort in his quote-unquote neck what do you feel about the not the news about the discomfort but the fact that cal raleigh has a neck this is news to me so i was telling you this i had a friend in high school who was a really really good football player i think he charlie Penner. (laughs) charlie had a long neck but this guy was um a really good football player but he lifted a ton of weights And it was just one of those things where physiologically his shoulders just stopped and his head started. It was like there was no neck. Uh, Cal's got got a similar thing going on. Yeah, Cal is is fire hydrant shaped. um, And uh, he hopefully his neck is fine. But it seems like it seems like it is. I mean, he's back in the lineup um, yesterday and pitch hit even the day that is the next spasms news came out. So that'll be a thing to monitor. Andres Munoz and Penn Murphy should be back within a couple weeks as well, which is great news for the bullpen. Andres was, uh, it sounded like very good news. It said he feels completely healthy and he's ready to start throwing again, so it should be just a matter of time. Which means he must have sapped the life life force of the recently deceased Easton McGee, Mm. um, who passed away at the age of um, whatever, however old he is. (laughs) Uh, He almost hit the the Blue Jays last month and the next day was on the IL and now we'll need Tommy John um, crazy saga do you think the Mariners bring Easton McGee back next year obviously they don't guarantee him a roster spot but do you think they let him compete for in, in, a, in, like... a, in a casket like how do you, yeah. how do you <laughs> imagine but like uh, Easton, what... Easton McGee is not not dead he is 25 though but um, yeah this is just such a weird story wait how old is Easton McGee 25 that's not old it's not old I feel like they should give this guy a real look next year. I don't know if he's good or not, but he shut the Blue Jays down for seven innings. Yeah, that's that's not nothing. And uh, yeah, I mean, he he wasn't like mowing people down, but uh, there's there was an effective pitcher there. He was, I mean, he was a sinker slider guy, right? It was like the two seamer and the slider and the whole deal, you know. I mean, maybe TJ, maybe TJ is what he needed to become a little stuffier. It can't be worse than Marco, right? right. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's the Mar- Marcos. Do you want, do you want to just do a uh, soliloquy on Marcos Boston start? I don't. It was just one of the worst. Thing. I mean, and the the thing is that made me frustrated is just absolutely how predictable it was. Like we all we do this thing with Marco Gonzalez where he goes to these big ballparks like Detroit or Seattle 
and he faces middling to lower tier competition and he goes out and gives you a pretty good start and you're like you know what the peripherals be damn marco gonzalez can pitch a little bit and then he goes on one tough assignment just one and he absolutely gets destroyed and then you remember wait no that's why the peripherals are the way they are is because he's not a good pitcher yeah, that was a tough watch, and uh, just an immediate, yep, we're going to lose after about... Mm. Yeah, it was like three batters, and you're like, yep, yeah, this is going to be bad. <laughs> uh, and then some guy whose name I'm about to bleep out here named had hip, sur- had, had hip surgery <laughs> yesterday. Um, don't worry, the name bleeped out every single time it gets mentioned on this podcast. God damn it, Phil. <laughs> Did you I'll, hear- I'll do it, though. I'll do it. Did you hear that um, they cleared up some scar tissue in there? And I think this is going to be finally his big break. Like, just look out, really? for, look out for him next year. <laughs> sure. Yeah. How many years uh, in a row have we said look out for Evan White next year? Uh, pandemic? Well, he started the year with a team in 2020. So he made the roster in 2020. Because he couldn't move down. There was no minors. So yeah. he, was stuck, he was stuck there to just swing as hard as he could. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see about that guy who will be named. Let's uh, take a break here to hear a message from our sponsors and then back to the show. Hi, right, folks. Here to talk about our friends at Elm Coffee Roasters. And I read an article today about how Spotify is testing out AI-generated podcast ad reads using the podcast host voice, just creating using that to base targeted ads. So like if you're in Denver, Colorado, you would get a Denver-focused ad, et cetera, et cetera. Really freaky stuff. But I actually got early access to this technology and have decided to, to use it for this ad. So, so here we go. <laughs> Greetings, insert name here. Hope you're having a wonderful day. I like to uh, start my day off with some Elm Coffee Roasters. Where Here where I live in, insert location here. Elm is fantastic. It's delicious. It makes me feel like I'm having a uh, genuine coffee house cup of coffee, but in the comfort of my own home in, insert location frame two here. So if you would like to get your own cup of Elm Coffee Roasters. You can order it on uh, elmcoffeeroasters.com. You can use the promo code ROUGHLY to get 25% off of your first order of of Elm. So make sure it's a big one uh, to really cap it off. Hope you enjoyed that definitely AI-generated ad. And uh, set back to the podcast. All right, Philippe. uh, This offense, even despite the 11 runs yesterday against the lowly Oakland A's, really sucks sometimes. And uh, I'll have the caveat here that... This offense sucks, but when it doesn't suck, the Mariners are roughly unstoppable because they are 18-5 and when they score five or more runs and 0-2 when they score exactly four runs. So as I said on our Twitter account today, it has to be five. Quintuples are best. Quintuples are best. It's a weird offense for sure. But I mean, the pitching staff is so good that five runs five runs will do it for this team, but the, the uh, formula is just broken. Yeah, how do you get, I guess that would be the question is, how do you get to five runs? And how do you get to five runs consistently, knowing that we have the offense that we do? And I'm not even, this is not a rhetorical question. I'm, I'm sincerely asking you, how does this team get to five runs? Well, I, I said there's a formula, and, and it's, it's uh, we heard it from Jerry DeBoto at the top. This team is not a 270 batting average team. And so it's it's not hits, it's walks, and then walks turn into home or, and then home runs to bring those walks home basically is how it works. 
And last year, the Mariners were 27th in raw hits, but they were 2nd in walk rate and 10th in raw homers. This year, they are 27th in raw hits again, but 12th in raw walk rate and 20th in raw homers mm. at this point, or at the same point of last year. So it's 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 kind of simple with the pitching staff being better this year than it was last year at this point. Team just needs to get on base via walk, and I think a lot of the uh, a lot of the issues will 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 be resolved as the weather gets warmer. I was going to say I think the weather warming up is going to help them, of course. Um, but realistically, you have essentially one guy, and that's Jared Kelnick, who is an above average, like confidently above average hitter. Uh, you know, Ty France is running a WRC plus north of a hundred. So is Cal Raleigh. Um, but I think that's it. Am I missing anybody? JP Crawford, Gino, Julio, Luis, or uh, Jose Caballero, and uh, I think Gino is above. Julio is actually running an 85 WRC plus, unless it changed last night. Yeah, because of the three hit night, he was running an 85 as of yesterday. Yeah, he's been bad. He's been bad. Uh, let's see. WRC plus Mariners. You have four guys above 100. That would be yep. Kellenic, Raleigh, Crawford, France, and then uh, Julio, 95, Gino, 95, and Teoscar, 92. So that's really bad. It is really bad. Um, in my research last, uh, yes, this morning, actually, how many, what percentage of, of home runs that the Mariners have hit this year do you think have been solo home runs? Mm. 55. Forty-six percent. Okay. And I think this, this is, uh, this, therein lies a little bit of the problem. How about last year? Forty-one percent, fifty-three percent last year. Really? So this, really? Yeah, I know. I was very surprised to see that. It felt like this was just two run home runs over and over. But um, what do I know? But uh, yeah, it's it. Uh, that number has got to come down. Like solo home runs do nothing for this team. Yeah, and you know, with the again, we could just sit here and talk all day about the pitching staff. Bryce Miller just with another unbelievable performance against a really tough competition in Atlanta. Um, Logan with a great performance. I think the only bad performance in Atlanta was no Kirby had a good performance too. We had three great, <laughs> yeah, pitching. We had three great yes. pitching performances, and we lost two out of three games. That is quintessential Mariners baseball of twenty twenty three. Yeah, it can't happen, um, and uh, it, it shouldn't happen. It can't happen. It hopefully will stop happening as this lineup improves. But um, yeah, it's 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 maddening, and I don't have answers. This isn't that's not what this topic is. It's just kind of a lamenting. Yeah. zone right now but i do want to say and i had to stop your stop and pinch myself as you said that the Mariners have one legitimately good hitter and that is jared kelly yes and the fact that you can yeah. say that on may 23rd is insane and if i would have said it phil if i told you in february that jared Kellenick is just point one behind mike trout in f war on may 23rd what would you have assumed is the case about what's happening in this season. Mike Trout was hurt all year and he is at 0.0 and Jared Kelnick was at negative 0.1. Exactly. <laughs> like that would have been what's going on, but that's not the case. And instead Kelnick is currently eighth in war among AL outfielders. It has an outside shot and an all-star selection. And that is just unbelievable for, for where we were a couple of months ago. What's his WRC plus? He's got to be close to 150. Oh, yeah, it's 154. Yeah, okay, so he is just raking. Um, you know what the most encouraging thing about Kelnick is? And this is small sample. I think he's only had about 40. Last time I checked, it was 43 um, plate appearances against left-handed pitching. It's the fact that he's mashing lefties. 
he's, he's mashing lefties, which means you can make it. Like, I remember when we started this season, we were over the moon that we thought he could be like a jock, a better version of Jock Peterson, like a, le- a, ma- a righty masher who does not hit against lefties. Uh, he's not only dispelled of that, but he's made a case that he's actually better at hitting lefties. So it's just come out of nowhere, and it's super welcome. And he's not even a perfect player yet. Like, he's still no. striking out too much. He's not walking as much as, you know, the best players in baseball do. But the the power is not – he's on pace, Phil, for 45 home runs this yeah. year. And he's swinging at good pitches. I mean, I haven't looked at his swing take profile, but just, you know, you can tell. Yeah. Just yeah. watching the game. Exactly, and and a guy who swings that hard, you know, it's okay to swing a lo- to swing ten percent more often than anybody else because of of the damage that you can do. So, and Jer- honestly, Jer- this sounds this sounds very trite, but like that's the reason Julio's struggling. He's just not swinging at the right pitches. He's chasing way too much, and he's not doing damage in the zone. Yeah, and and with the caveat again that playing the aces in baseball last night that 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 has to be it. Like. This this team needs three good offensive performances from from players every single game to have mm-hmm. a chance because getting it getting decent performances from all nine guys that's just not what this offense not is. gonna happen yeah three two plus hit games from from the middle of the order especially is is going to be huge for this team and if 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 you can bank if if Julio turns this around that's one and Kellenick is two, and then you just need a third. And and that might be as simple as it needs to be for the Mariners right now. Well, Julio is going to turn it around. I just don't know when that's going to be. Yeah. It, it, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, it, it, I'm not worried, but I'm not worried. I When I say I'm not worried, I'm not worried about, like, this being the worst contract ever given in Major League Baseball history. No. That's what I'm not worried about. Am I worried that Julio could finish like with a 104 WRC plus, and we're all a little disappointed about this year? Yeah, I think that's on the table right now. It is on the table, but like even that's that's his floor. We're seeing his floor right now, and his floor is a 95 WRC plus guy with excellent outfield defense. That's not the worst thing in the world. True, and uh, talking about a guy's floor to a guy who seemingly has no floor because it's his world, and we're just living in it. Jose Caballero. Um, who is a gift from God to cover up the disaster that has been Colton Wong this year. And turns out he's actually a gift from Mike Leake, uh, former Mariners pitcher. Yes. Ryan Divish uh, had the play-by-play for for this trade as it happened at the trade deadline in 2019. And we, we give Divish shit sometimes, but like, when he's in there on a story, he can really get some good details. And he, get, he gave a really good breakdown of, of the Leake trade. The Mariners had tried to trade Leak for a chunk, uh, or the, the Mariners did trade Leak in a chunk of his salary, which was, I think, like $19 million or something like that, at the deadline in 2019 for Jose Caballero. But they had tried to trade him the month before that in June, but ownership had shut it down because they didn't want to give up that much money in a trade uh, for, um, you know, a, a, a kind of a player to be named later type caliber player. But as they got closer to the deadline... Leak ends up waiving his no trade clause because he lived in Arizona. Um, and before that, Leak had made comments about not liking being part of the step back, rebuild, whatever you want to call it. Kind of a frosty guy had had uh, done some kind of uh, things that had bothered the the Mariners front office and uh, and management. Didn't like being a Mariner very much at that point, and then was traded. And Mike Leak has never pitched in the Mariners again after 2019. And here we are with Jose Caballero. 
So a couple of things to say about Michael. Um, number one, I'm pretty sure, and I don't remember if this was verified or not. I think he was an anti-shift guy. He hated how the defense would shift behind him and he would get frustrated when he would give up ground balls that shortstop would have gotten if he hadn't been swung around to the other side. And I think he was pissed about that. That was number one. Um, I don't remember where I heard that, but I, I think it's true. And then number two, it's like a foregone conclusion, right? That remember the Mather tapes, the Mather LP? Who could forget? So the guy that Marco shoved up against the locker room, quote unquote, in the Mather LP, that was definitely Mike Leak, right? Uh... He didn't say it outright, but it has to be him. That's funny because I kind of forgot that piece because it was far less inflammatory than some of the other things that were said there. Yeah, but he did say that, that Marco shoved one of the other pitchers up against the locker and said, you do things our way here or whatever. Like, uh, oh. Yeah, well, I think that was because he, uh, when, in I think 2018, Mike Leake was upset that Scott Service was taking him out early because the Mariners had a different philosophy on like how long guys should be in there. And instead of giving the ball to Scott Service, he gave it to Mike Zanino, which is a kind of a fuckboy move. Like a, like a fuck you type <laughs> yes, of deal. Yes, and yeah. uh, that might have pissed some people off. Definitely pissed Scott hey, Service off. What was the thing? Did you see the thing with Alec Manoa? Yeah, that was so. What was that? Alec Manoa, pitcher for the Blue Jays, uh, was on the mound and struggling, and uh, the Mariners or the Blue Jays manager came out there, tried, I think with the intention of taking him out, but then mm -hmm. didn't, came off the mound, and then the umpire asked him, like, wait, are you taking him out or not? And then he signaled the bullpen and took him out, and then Alec Manoa was like, what the fuck just happened there? Um, that was that was a very weird situation that I think I watched on SportsCenter, like, on mute, and don't really have the, the full answers for. But the Blue Jays are a weird, weird team. They They always have felt like a team that's just, like, ready to crack. You know, like, they are being held together by, like, duct tape. Not in a terms of talent. They're super, super talented. It's just, like, their mentality feels like it's ready to, like, implode. Like like one Adam Frazier double, per se, could, like, kind of bust, yes. bust them open, that type of thing. Like, they fired their manager halfway through the year last year because, I don't know why, I think Boba Shit just didn't like him. Mm -hmm. Kind of seemed like You that. know, it's, they're just, like, they got no heart. Yeah. And it's funny because the, uh, the, 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 they ended up making the playoffs out of that, but then the Phillies did the same thing, fired their manager and replaced him with just like literally just a guy from, from Joe Girardi, and that was the difference that got them to the World Series. They bring him back, and now the Phillies are uh, 22 and 25. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's like managers, managers in baseball are, don't matter until they do. And uh, we're seeing it in both both cases with the Phillies and the Blue Jays right now. Yeah, I'm not sure that like uh, players do that too much where it's like, oh, we're struggling. It must be the manager's fault. It's like, dude, the guy writes the lineup card. What else does he really do? He doesn't swing the bat for you. Unless it's unless it's Tony La Russa, I think you're exactly yeah. right. And it's not it's not like basketball or football where they like have to scheme, you know, and game plan for like the and put you in the proper fit and all of that. It's like. Dude, it's, it's baseball. We've talked about this all the time. It, it's a binary sport. There's no scheming matchups. There is a little bit, but you know what I mean. By and large, it's the pitcher versus the hitter, and the manager has very little to do with that. Yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's, like, it's a manager position. You are managing a team 
of of coaches to handle their jobs very well and like yeah it's 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 a it's more of a business thing than it is like a a rah-rah ted lasso type thing but anyways jose caballero had a three-run home home run last night he has played in about half of the Mariners games and in those games he is now tied for second on the team in steals second in wrc plus if he was qualified in the conventional ways on fan graphs Fifth in Fangraph's war and third in outs above average. Behind, who do you think he's behind there on the team in outs above average? Hmm. So who's better if Caballero? Gino? Gino is fifth in baseball in all of wow. all of baseball and outs above average. Okay, so he's number one on Mariners. Yep. And you mentioned so this two, you mentioned this name uh, just a bit ago. JP Crawford? Julio. Julio. Really? Okay. I, I had felt like, anecdotally, his defense has taken a step back because I feel like he's getting into his head about his offense. But that's good to see that's not the case. Yeah, I, know, I haven't seen him not make a play this year, and he's made quite a few really nice plays. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think he's, he's just fine there. So, yeah, I mean, Caballero has been fantastic in, in this very small sample size, about 25 games. And did you see the thing on Twitter a couple of days ago about how uh, Brent Stecker on on Twitter, yeah. Twitter was getting shit for comparing him yeah. to Jose Altuve? I did see that. Yeah, it was a um, it was a use case in like the reasons why you just should never tweet. Sometimes, just like mm-hmm. there are a bunch of deranged bullies on Mariners Twitter, and uh, putting anything out there that could possibly get to them is just not worth it. Yeah, it's they are bullies. It's let somebody be and dream about a player like what what does it matter to you yeah is he going to become jose altuve almost certainly not like but i understand the the what he's saying he's not comping him to jose altuve he's comping him to the fact of like a guy who you is like found money right like you yeah. didn't think they were ever going to be anything and then they blossom into a star it's not inconceivable that Jose Caballero becomes a star. Like we've seen way, way, way weirder things happen in baseball. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Including Jared Kellick's Renaissance right now. So, yeah. uh, but it's funny because when he was, he pulled that ball, um, well, the two home runs he's hit in Atlanta and now last night against the A's pulling that ball to right, left field as a right fielder or as a right handed hitter. Do you know who, which Jose he reminded me of in, in pulling the ball out there like that? Pedro? I don't know. <laughs> Jose Bautista. Oh, nice. Really? And I'm pretty sure Adam Duvall went there. Because, okay, did you see the athletic article on Caballero? I saw it, but I did not read it. Okay, so they interviewed his former manager from Tripola. Um, is that a community college? Yeah, in Florida. Yeah, so I think there were many, many players that have made the major leagues from that community college, including Duvall, Jose Batista. There were a few other guys, and uh, the manager said, and granted, of course, any manager is going to say this, but he thinks this is just the beginning of Jose Caballero. And he's seen some major league talent. 
Hey, I mean, it, it's there's there's a, a story there. He just seems to do all the right things, and he has, as we've said many times, is not afraid of anything. And he came out, and as soon as he started playing for the Mariners, you and I noticed that he was hitting the ball hard uh, mm-hmm. in the gaps that were leading to outs, and now these are getting through, and the power is starting to come, and the defense is fantastic. The, the stolen bases are great. And he's disciplined. He's disciplined at the plate. An 11-pitch at-bat last night. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot to like here, even if it doesn't become Jose Altuve. Um, it's just what this team needs, given that. Yeah, uh, don't bully this. Don't bully people on Twitter. Like you, you. It's like you don't take out your frustrations with the team on like some random guy. Yeah, but uh, it's 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 a fool's errand trying to coach. And I totally understand what the guy meant too. It's not like he meant he's going to be Jose Altuve. Yeah, it's just like, can you dare to dream for a second that the Mariners have uncovered a star out of nothing and that's that's allowed okay like max muncie right that's uh, another like guy who i just saw off the top of my head it's like this guy sucked and popped up out of nowhere right like it happens all the time why can't it be jose caballero this time exactly and and assuming i mean jose caballero seemingly has a stranglehold on the second base position um and and therefore a roster spot right now we mentioned Dylan Moore is coming back soon, hopefully barring a setback. I think the options are send Haggerty down, send Tramel down, DFA Colton Wong, or DFA... No, I can't do that. D- I, I would not be good with that. Or DFA AJ Pollock. So it's probably going to be Haggerty in that situation. It's going to be Haggerty or Tramel. Yeah, I feel like you need Tramel's outfield defense, though. And and he just, he just offers you more at this point than I think Haggerty does. Agreed. So... Um, wait, I, now that we're talking about Jose's, I want to bring up a comp that you made that was so good about Teoscar Hernandez. What did, what did I... I've, I've said you this said, before. I, I forget as soon as I say things. You you said... And he, it's a perfect comp. You said he reminds you of Jose Guillen. Mm, yeah. That's such a great comp, and I, I just wanted to bring that up on the podcast. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. Oh, was that not a podcast thing? It was a text thing? Is that what you're doing? No, that? that was a text thing. Okay, yeah. Well, appreciate it. Um, the other thing about Jose Caballero is the nickname conundrum. You and I are firmly in the don't call him Cabby camp. Yeah, stupid. It's stupid. Especially when there are beautiful nicknames right there in his name. The translation to Caballero, pick, th- pick any of these, they're great, from English. Uh, Caballero translates to horseman, the horseman, hell yeah, uh, the gentleman, as we've talked about, or the cowboy. All of these are excellent. Yes. And B. Everfolly of uh, Lookout Landing has another good one that I like. Are you ready for this? Yes. Death Caballero for Cutie. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. They're from Bellingham, that group. Yeah, uh, I'm, 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 I'm into that. But anything, anything but Cabbie, I think that's just lazy. And, and It reminds me of like Cabbage or like Cabbage Patch Kids. Yeah, or like calling a Cabbie. And I just, I don't know. Yeah. It seems like something Dave Sims would say. And it's, not, it's not what the situation calls for right now. Anything else on Caballero? No, just obviously longer sample. But he's earned the right to achieve a like many guys don't even earn the right to achieve a long sample, right? So it's already an accomplishment. Yeah, and there's there's stuff here with the the the, the physical tools, the plate discipline, the mentality. Like this is a this is a helpful player right now. And hey, if he falls off a cliff and Dylan Moore comes in and takes his job, like, thank you for your service, Jose Caballero. But if not, then he has done a tremendous job and it's a piece going forward. Yeah. 
Uh, jingle, jingle, bike ride time. Who do you got for this week? Can I start with my hydro? That's who I had in my mind. Okay, yes. Okay, I saw Seth Brown play yesterday. And boy, does it have to be hard to be Seth Brown. He's got to have the worst job in Major League Baseball because he's like not one of the, he's like an actual player. Like he could go out onto the market and probably make, you know, $10, $15 million a year. And he is toiling away in Oakland. It's just got to be really tough for him. Yeah. um, At least he's, you know, he's from Morgan and he got to be back home last night. And at least he's healthy because he had missed most of the season uh, so far. So he's probably just on a full showcase for the next five weeks to try and get traded. Um, So good luck with that, Seth Brown. Yes. But uh, yeah, that's, that's a good one. I had, I'll go bike ride here. Sticking on, sticking on Mariners Twitter, who Joe fan, and I don't usually call people out by name, but Joe Fan is one of those like, why do people listen to you, people on on Twitter? Do you see this guy? Joe Fan, I've I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah, he's like a I don't even know what he does, but he's some like Seattle sports popular po- person. But he had a really stupid tweet about how Colton Wong now being demoted from his position, speculating about how he would not take kindly to being demoted, and he was not a rah rah guy, basically saying he's going to Jesse Winker this team and try and blow it up from the inside. It's just stupid. Like, there's no reason to say any of this. Why, why, what, indi- what indication has <laughs> Colton know. Wong ever given that he's going to be like that? Exactly. Colton Wong has just given only like, damn, this really sucks that I'm that I'm not playing this well vibes yeah. from the very beginning. And, and to say anything else is just so stupid and just filling the air with garbage. Uh, but an alternative hydro or, or a uh, reciprocal hydro to that, to our friend Soggy Moose at JRW1692 yeah. on Twitter for exposing that fan had deleted this tweet after trying to uh, to kind of move past it. And uh, uh, JRW was not having it and letting Joe, Joe Fan kind of wallow in, in his, his, uh, his stupid tweet. Twitter's a cesspool, man. I don't it's have bad. a bike ride this week. I wanted to stay positive, I guess. I didn't really have anything that made me mad. I mean, Matt Olson made me mad for just Matt killing Olson, us. Matt but Olson made me very mad. That's, that's not his fault for being good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that sucks. Like I hate when play- and people do this with I've noticed all sorts of sports where like okay, uh a quarterback like uh let's say an established quarterback. Uh I don't really know any Kirk Cousins. Carson Wentz. Yeah, Kirk Cousins or Carson Wentz. Let's say they went and they were a backup on the team. Yeah, people say you can't sign Carson Wentz because he's going to come in and he's going to like ruin the team if he's a backup because you know, he's so used to starting or whatever like it's going to be bad vibes in there because he's going to upset the starting quarterback. It's like, you don't know these guys. You don't know. Maybe he's like totally happy to be the backup. But then again, there's this week news that Ben Roethlisberger tried to ice out Kenny Pickett from, uh, from on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So there are, well, that's just one case. There are bad dudes out there. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's so, so stupid. And it really makes me hate Mariners Twitter sometimes. Not sometimes. Most, most of the time I have two hydros this week. One, goes to Yanir Cano. Do you know who this is? That's the Baltimore reliever, right? It sure is. The Orioles reliever who just gave up his first earned run of the season last week. He had gone 21 innings plus uh, without an earned run to start the year. A guy who's 29 years old, originally from Cuba, had never really done anything in Major League Baseball for the Twins or the Orioles prior to this year, made a couple of adjustments, and was now unhittable to start the year and is dominating my fantasy team. So cool story there in Baltimore. And a cool team in Baltimore. They are kicking ass this year with a bunch of yeah. guys that, I mean, a bunch of really high pedigree prospects and then a bunch of guys that they're just getting the most out of. 
yeah, but you know, some of their high pedigree guys aren't hitting. Like Gunnar Henderson yeah. isn't playing that good. Yeah, Adley is as good as advertised, and then there's uh, you know Grayson Rodriguez, the the um, the high, highly touted pitcher hasn't been fantastic either. They're just finding other things. They're just like good. Jorge Mateo. This is like okay. There's another guy. Yeah, never expected him to be freaking awesome, and here he is. So to say Jose Caballero, sorry to like harp on this, but to say Jose Caballero could just never become a star is just not true. We see it happen every single year in baseball. Yep. Yep. Well said. Uh, and then just to Kilinick again, I, I I can't believe that here we are where a 40 run, a 40 home run season is on the table. He seems like our best player. He's hitting cleanup. Um, it's, it's just cool, man, that this has worked out. Not just like, Oh yeah, he's, he's a useful player again. It's like, Nope, he's, he's got it. He's got this, the star path in front of him again, after it looked like it was lost. And you know ago. how we say it's getting late early when mm. things are going bad early? Yep. The opposite is true now with Kellnick. It's like we're getting like late in the game here. This is two straight months of very good production. Yep. Yeah, and and uh, with with slumps and you know, many yeah. many many slumps, yeah, but but you know. He hasn't hit that bad slump yet. Yes. And I'm scared for when that happens because every player goes through that. It's true. It's true. But um, for now, we have we have Jerry Bonds, and it's 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 fucking awesome. Um, so keep it up, young man. And uh, yeah, that'll do it for this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Mike Leak. Thank you, Oakland A's. Thank you. What else? Thank you, Rough Riders. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Rough Riders, for listening. Leave us a review. Subscribe. Buy some coffee. Tell. Lucas Matson to buy our podcast. Uh, whatever you can do to support us, we love it. We love yeah. you, and we love the Mariners. All right. Until next week. Bye-bye. Peace.